Welcome to Burning the Edge. We would like to welcome to the tea our host, Mr. Arthur Miller Jr. We got the St. Jude Classic coming up this week. Starting on Thursday, they got them going out in threesomes. I know, I think Thursday and Friday, man. This got to be one of the best groups that has ever played together. You got one, two, and three in the world going out together. Scotty Scheffler, John Rom, and Rory McElroy teeing off. I think it was like in the afternoon. Well, I didn't and they tee off like 10 something. I didn't know they were playing together. They are playing together the first wow. round. I mean, like the whole gallery. The whole gallery there on Thursday, Friday, gonna be following one goop, man. It's gonna be crazy, man. How do you think they pick though? They just pick them out of a hat. You know, I think they're going by the rankings. <clears throat> so I oh. think uh, one, two, and three is where they're ranked. Uh, I'm not I wonder if they was like us. Do they call some up? Say, hey, man, can you put me with Rom? <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do, but yeah, you know that, that would be interesting, right? <laughs> Roar probably be like, "Hey, don't y'all be put me with no damn fear." That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. Anybody but fear. Yeah. Uh, hey man, how do you feel about the St. Jude, uh, the FedEx St. Jude Championship being in Memphis though, the first round of the playoffs? Man, I'll be honest with you. When I was all excited about maybe getting a go, and then one. I think if it was last year, I was wanting to come over there and play in that t- tournament because y'all had one there last year. Was that last year? On yeah, a Monday? that was last year. Yep. Yep. But I waited too late on that and then can't go to this year. But I, I not until just like a few weeks ago did I realize that was the playoffs. Really? I don't know why I didn't know that. or I don't, I don't know. I just thought it was a regular PGA event. Well, but it I, used to be, of course. Yeah, but then I did think it was weird that all, that all these big names they were talking about being there. I was like, man, everybody's going to this thing. But then I'm watching that. What was this weekend? The Wyndham Classic or whatever. Yeah, and that's when I was like, oh dang, that's the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, it's that nice of a course, though. I guess, huh? Uh, you know, it's it's a TPC course. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. They grow the rough thick this time of year. Usually, I got a group, uh, one of the guys, he's a member there, and uh, we usually play there, like, on that Tuesday after, whenever the tournament is, and um, that rough is, like, unbelievable, man. Like, we have to make a rule. If you hit your ball in a rough, really much, you just take a free drop in the direction of where you think it was or whatever. Because you can't find it. Ah, You can't find that crap. If you find it because you... It's by accident. It ain't yeah. on purpose that you find it, you know. But yeah, so I'm excited about that, even though I won't be in town, man. Um, it's just I, I don't know how my in-laws schedule this thing like this, man. I, I just I don't know how I missed it. I just missed it. Me but paying attention. Man. And I'm really like, you kind of treated you treated me like the razorbacks. You like you built me up and talked about it, talked about it, and then Boom! I'm gonna be in Gatlinburg. <laughs> All right, buddy. It's like hey, Razorback football. It's like Razorback football. They start out five and old oh, boy. And you're like, boy, at least the year is here. The first conference game. I know. It was messed up, man. You know what? That was rough. I've come to realize in sports, man. Being a sports fan, like you have a lot of letdowns, uh-huh. like. 
it's not a whole lot of stuff that just really like let you just uh that keep you going like you start out, you know. It's always this big letdown eventually, you know. It's unreal, man. Yeah. I always tell my mom, I said, man, why did you raise me a Razorback fan? <laughs> you could have picked another team that wins more often. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's what we crazy. are. That's what she said. That's what we are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what do you got to get? A 50 to go on to the next stop? Is that what you got to do? Uh, you got to get to uh, 50 to go to the next tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Now after the 70. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I take maybe 70 can get to 50, but 70 is not going to 70 to one. Nah. But he's just out there practicing pretty much. Yeah. Or at least trying to like get a little bit more money. Yeah. But no, I, maybe 70 may be too much, to be honest with you. That may be too many players. So it was 125 last year, 970. Yeah. They qualified. Oh, for they the let 125 round. in last year? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Everybody yeah. got a trophy. Yeah. So I I would say I thought it should have been more than 70, to be honest with really? you, first round, but not 125. Like everybody shouldn't get to the playoffs, but yeah. maybe around 100 or so, somewhere along in there. But I'm sure it's a reason why they did the 70. I don't know. But um, 70 to 50 and then at 35, I think it is. I think they should do it like March Madness. I think it ought to be a bracket. It ought to be a match play. 70 is the 16th seed in March Madness, and they got to play the, the one, one seed. And there could be some crazy upsets like yeah. March Madness. Yeah. Next thing you know, you know, you got some cat from the Corn Ferry that messed around and <laughs> got to the Final Four. Who won it last year? Uh, last year was John Rahm, wasn't it? John Rahm won the playoffs last year? Let's see who won. But it wasn't whoever started out in first, though, was it? No, nah, I think uh, they caught up with him. Yeah, uh, last year. That's I think crazy. It was another year though. It happened the same day. Now Rory won it last year. That's what I thought. Yeah, Rory. Yeah. But he didn't start out in first. No, did Rory didn't even play. He played. He missed the cut in the first round of the playoffs. He still made it. Yeah, because he was so far up. Oh, as far as the points. Yeah, no, you but know, if he's you still, the cut, bro, you're out. Now, that's what I thought. Yeah. I to me now, like you should miss the cut if you, you know, like if you miss the cut, like you should be out of the playoffs. Like you go home. how do you continue? You uh-huh. know, I don't know, but it should be one, two. <laughs> Excuse me. It should be one, two, three, Cancun. If you missed a cut, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't get it, man. But you know, but it, so who was who? I think Scheffler was uh, going into it last year as the leader. Because so what do you start off at, like minus twenty or something, or minus ten? I can't remember how they do it. <laughs> Let's see. Um... Yeah, you start out minus 10. The first person is minus 10, three. And then where was Roy? Roy must have been on down there. Yeah, Roy was six or uh, was seventh. What what he's can you tell what he started out at? He started out at four under. Man, so he had uh Sheffler had a six stroke lead on that dude. Yep. Go on, Roy. Yep. And I like Roy McElroy. I do too, man. He's a humble dude, man. I like yeah. humble dude. I heard I like folk that 
you know, like all that, I don't like all that old cocky bull crap, man. You know, like, I mean, I understand you know you good, but you don't have to act like you know you that good. You know what I mean? Like, it's still, at one time, or at any time, you could shank a ball, too. Or you could slice one out of bounds, too. Like, they all do it, so don't act like you don't never hit a ball out of bounds or something, you know. Yeah, I was watching that one that tournament this past weekend, and Horschel had kind of played his way out of it, but he still had a crazy. Then he gets up to like sixteen or fifteen t box. Boy, duck hooks one right out of bounds. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Dude is human. Yeah, it's. Uh, did you see JT on his last hole? Yeah, where he almost chipped it in. Yeah, man, <laughs> he he made the chip. Yeah. I was like, somebody was like, why he didn't get bones to uh, man the uh, flag? Mm-hmm. That's what Phil would have done. Phil had bones man the flag from 100 yards out, you know. You can man the flag like that? Yeah, you can have your caddy uh, tend the flag. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. thought you had to be put. No, you can get him to tend the flag, you know. And um, So, who, who do you think uh, is the best golfer in the world right now? You know, it's really tough to say, you know, like all of these guys are good, you know, like they all are good. Um, You know, from week to week, it really just depends on the course to me. Like either one of them could could win, you know, like who won uh, last week at the uh, uh, window? No, what's his name? What's the dude's name? Was it one of them? No, it wasn't one of them. It was an older guy. Oh, what's the dude's name? Real deep voice. Yeah, yeah. But Lucas Glover won it. And yeah, uh, I was kind. Of, I was wanting the Henley dude to win because I don't think he's won before. And they said a year uh, last year, a year before, he had that tournament won and he choked it off on the back nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now he's won before. Oh, Henley has. Yeah, he got four wins. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Well. He was supposed to win that last year, year before, and he, he choked it off, he said. Yeah. But, you know, he's a good player, too. All them cats good, man. I don't, you know, like, it really just depends on the week, uh, what course it is. Like, this week, you're going to need to stay out there rough. Yeah. This <clears> week <throat> and that uh, East Lake, you got to stay out the rough. Like you well, can South wind, do, you, do they go low there usually? Yeah, they go pretty low. It's probably going to be around – in the teens for sure. Yeah. At least in the teens. Um I miss the days when you had to shoot one under to win. <laughs> yeah. That's the US open in the open. You be three on the foot hole right they said that this year and whoever won it just killed it. Yeah. I can't um, remember who who won. Somebody never won a major before. Yeah, they won, they real real low on their first yeah. day. First yeah. day. And then it was kind of like that at um at Wyndham. No, yeah. not Wyndham. What was I thinking about? Yeah, at Wyndham. The winner end up the winner end up shooting only two under. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I was like, cause they what they end up at like 20 under, 21 under. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, two under for one day. Yeah. And you average like six under a day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, so man, um, we're looking forward to the St. Jude playoffs this week. And um, before we uh, get that into that, we got Tony Wise we interviewed this week. Um, what did you think about Tony, man? 
Tony Wise was such a player, he laid down in his bed to do the interview. That's 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 just playerism right there, Arthur. You know, you know you can play some golf if you get on a golf podcast and lay in your bed. <laughs> you lay back like, yeah, bro, I qualified for the senior open. It is what it is. Yeah. The club yeah. got stolen. I still went out there and whooped everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I just dreamed to be this dude one day. I know, right? I, re- I can't wait to meet him. But I'm like, hey, man, you need to give me some pointers, man, because I need to know <laughs> how do I qualify for I, I can't even right now. I can't even win the amateur players tour. <laughs> well, thank you, man, for coming on, man. And um, just trying to chat with you a little bit. Um, you know, we was excited for you going to the uh, senior open. Um, just excited about your whole journey, man. Just to know that you um kind of picked up the game, picked the bang back up, and you've been having all this success. I'm just, I'm kind of jealous. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> well, I, I can I can tell you that you know after coaching high school basketball for 25 years, I was kind of ready for something different, and I, you know I've always played golf and. Really hasn't. I've never taken it. Oh, I don't want to say I haven't taken it serious because that's not that's not true. But really taking it serious to see. Okay, let's see how far we can go here. Right. And uh, you know that's kind of what I, you know, it all. It, oddly enough, it all started during um, two Mays ago. So I guess that'd be twenty one. I go down to Chattanooga to try and qualify for the U.S. Senior Open. First time I ever trying something like this. It was on Tuesday after Memorial Day. Um, so McCaddy and I go down on Sunday, play the course. It's how would I describe it? <laughs> I would say pretty difficult. Had my first experience with Tiff Bermuda. Played really, really well. Ended up shooting even and finished. Uh, in a tie, I think for like eight. Wow. Four under went, four under went, two under, two or three two unders had in the playoff. So, you know, at that point, I was kind of like, hold on a second. And I right. we had just finished, you know, we had just finished the season. Um, we had gone to uh, a, a, a regional tournament, won a regional game. I had the school I was at for seven years. For the second time in 25 years. Wow. Okay. Um, our school had 900 kids. The top tiers had 18 to 2,200. So that's what we were fighting against. Just sheer number games. So anyway, so at that point, I was kind of like, hold on a second. And I was teetering about quitting anyway. I hate the word quit, but yeah, I, I, I'd had enough after 25 25 years. So I thought about, thought about it and, uh, you know, had, had a lot of success that summer and resigned in August. And two weeks later, I won the uh, Kentucky senior state AM on 21. And ever since then, man, I'm just trying to get better. And, you know, I joined the APT last year, my first year doing it, which, you know, I try to tell people all the time, you know, what's the big deal about the amateur players trust? Well, I, I said, how good is the competition? I said, well, I'm going to be honest. This is the Division One. Depending on where I go, 
if you know if it's a national event let's say the nationals right. there's probably let's say 25 people sign up in division 1 i would say probably 10 of those can shoot par better right most cannot uh mainly not because they're not capable but tournament golf's a little bit different animal absolutely and you know, anybody can make a free throw in the middle of the first quarter. <laughs> put put sixteen seconds up there, and now you're ahead by one. Right now, let now let's see what you can get. Let's see what you got now. Right. You know, it makes a little difference when you can tap in a three footer for par on the first hole. Right. But that same three footer on sixteen or seventeen with a one shot difference in a tournament, well, that makes a little bit different. Absolutely. So I've. The one thing that the, the APT has done for me is just so much tournament golf. And um, I've been very fortunate to win a lot. But, you know, I've had to learn. Um, for example, in January, I went to Phoenix and played at the cha- – two weeks before the Waste Management Open, but played at the Champions – um, the champions course, not the stadium course, mm-hmm. where they throw all the beer and all that, yeah. like fools, and it's so fun to watch all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I go to the 18th hole with a two shot lead, and I'm five under. So I try to play conservative, hit a hit a hybrid on the toe, hooked it in the water, end up chunking a chip, made seven, and went straight to the Italian restaurant that I plan on going to. Went straight to the bar, made friends with the bartender. About two hours later for my flight, I was taking pictures with the bartender. I was blowing off some steam. I was so pissed off. I bet you were. <laughs> but I re- I was very disappointed in how it finished, but that was that 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 kind of spurred me on to man, I'm really not that far off. Right, right, right. So then I find out the Champions Tour Q School is there. Wow. Last year and this year. So that's something that, you know, I've kind of tossed around, but not really, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, I enjoy amateur golf. Uh, I I hate the fact that, how can I say this? You know, it's weird that I can as a 53-year-old, how I can try and qualify for the U.S. Senior Open, but I cannot qualify for the U.S. Senior Amateur because that's not till 55. Mm. So for seniors between ages 50 and 54, you really just don't have a lot of options right? as far as golf tournaments. You know, I get, I get invited, oh, to some really cool events, but I'm not as a 53 year old, I'm not going to play against a 25 year old that hits at 350. Yeah. That's tough. It's tough. I just, just, I'm just, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to do that. I'm yeah. going to wait until I turn 55. <laughs> that's the plan anyway. So anyway, yeah. that's kind of, you know, kind of where I got started and you know, the APT that that's, those guys have always been great to me. And, you know, we go, you know, I've been fortunate to go all over the country and play some, I mean, some really cool places, man. It's, 
that's the best thing for me is to play, you know, got to play Rio Seco in Vegas, got to play the champions course of Phoenix, got to play Pete Dye last year up in uh, both courses in Indiana, got to play the last two years, uh, Bedford Springs in Pennsylvania, the number one public course in Pennsylvania. Played Ambrier last year, like the number three public course in St. Louis. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Right. Played uh, in February, played Curahy in Georgia. A fabulous course. Right. I, I don't know that. I, I, never, I haven't even heard of it. Right. That's what I'm about to say. I've never heard of it. I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Played in one in Georgia. Uh, the week before Christmas, which I mean, it was freaking 35 degrees when we teed off, but it was just, just some courses that you don't ever hear of that you, you're, you know, you're fortunate enough to play, man. So right. you guys do a great job of getting us on some good stuff. It's fun stuff. It is, man. And my, uh, my guy Jeff here, y'all got something in common, man. Both of y'all are basketball coaches, man. He coached, uh, AAU for several years and, um, he actually has man. What kind of AAU coach is he? Is he is he is he one of those type, or is he like <laughs> hold kids accountable? I don't know. I'm the I'm the guy that took a group of kids from a town of thirty thousand and didn't take any kids from anywhere else. They were all from two high schools here in town. No, probably most of them didn't have dads. If they did, they're in prison or dead. And I was told by two policemen that three of them would never be nothing. This was when they were sixth graders. They said, they'll never be nothing. You shouldn't mess with them. One of them played for the Portland Trailblazers for four years. Now he's overseas. Last five years, he's made about three and a half million dollars. <laughs> so that's the kind of dude I am. No sponsors, sit in front of signs with three or four buckets. I always took my young kid with me because he the people were more apt to give him money. He was short, so they were like, hey, "We'll give him money. We'll give his big old dude yeah. money." <laughs> who was the guy? Who was the guy played Portland? His name's Kelgen Blevins. Kelgen he Blevins. Was, uh, he's Damian Lillard's first cousin, but people think that's how he got on the team, but it wasn't. He got cut the first year. He tried. He was on their summer league team. He got cut, then he made it the second year. And then last year, Damian said, "Man, I can get you back on the team." He's like, "No, nah, I don't want to be on the team unless I earn my spot." So he didn't make the cut. He stayed till the last bit, and then so now he went. He went overseas this season and played. Where did he? Where is he playing? He is playing in uh, Greece. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. I can't remember the names of the teams are so long. I can't. I can't remember exactly. Uh, I couldn't pronounce yeah. it if I wanted to, but. Yep, so yeah, that's one cool. of the uh, that's cool. The one of the uh, best kids that I coached, a kid named Greg Gant in uh, Gainesville, Florida. He is Florida Atlantic's all time leading scorer, and he's still playing in Spain. Wow, just finished up. Gosh, he's got to be 32 now, 32, 33. So it's really cool to watch, yeah, kids like that 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 are successful. Yeah. A kid from the, my hometown just signed with a Florida Atlantic about a week ago. Well, I would think Florida Atlantic would have an easier time recruiting after last March. You would think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got a question for you. <clears throat> okay. So I, I started playing tournament golf about five or six years ago, and I was terrified on the first tee box. I mean, just shaking in my I know. Shoe. I know what's coming. <laughs> so you go playing this big shindig tournament, right? Well, first, well, for you you. Answer, first for you after that, was there people lined up 
on each side of the first tee when you teed oh, off. Oh man, it was man, it was just like Tiger Rory. There's probably 10, 12,000 people watching me tee off. Okay, so if this right, is so, that, so if you believe if that, it, <laughs> but there had to be somebody. The there had to be somebody out there though. There were okay. In all seriousness, there was a teed off on ten on the first day. There was probably forty or fifty people in there, and probably another. I would say there was 150, 200 people around the tee box. Okay, there you go. See, that's plenty of people you could hit. <laughs> so, well, they were behind me, so if I hit, oh, no, they I weren't on the just, sides. No, 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 no. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Okay, so that's what I would have been afraid of. I said, I'm going to get up here, man, and I'm going to duck hook one, and it's going to hit some elderly woman right in the teeth, and that's how my day's going to start. I was just wondering if that ever, but if they weren't there, you didn't have to worry about that. But that's what I've been, right. been worried about hitting the fire. I'd be like, please don't hit this old woman over here sitting in this umbrella seat. Well, it's funny that, that you kind of mentioned that. I Because I have such good friends. Buddy told me, he goes, man, when you get on the first tee, I just have one thought for you. I said, what's that? He goes, dude, just get an airborne. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I kind of hope I do too. <laughs> Did you hit a good first tee shot? Actually, I hit it about 360. Dang. Whoa. Now, it was a little downwind, and the green, and the fairways are so hard and firm, and it was because uh, of my club ordeal. The, it was a new driver. I didn't know. I didn't have time to get nervous because I, I wasn't comfortable with, with either the driver or the three-woodies. They're brand new. I, I had gotten the uh, Paradigms and um, had only hit them for five days. So I, I was I was yeah. too terrified of that to be nervous of who was watching me. Well, so I didn't hear. I don't know the story about your clubs getting stolen. That's yeah, the kind of man. stories I like. Shout out the Callaway. I like your clubs getting stolen, but I I need to know so mine don't get stolen. Well, if you stay in a hotel, take them with you. Did you well, have them in a truck in the back of your truck or in a car? Uh, two buddies of mine, the guy caddy for me, another guy who uh, grew up in Columbus, Ohio. <clears throat> We go up on a Tuesday, the 20th of June. We go up and play Muirfield Village. We're going to, was going to play Scioto the next day. So we do it upright at Muirfield. We're there all day long. We eat dinner there. It's just, it's the way golf you would think should be from sun up to sundown. So we get back to the hotel about 10, 15 or so. And uh, it had rained. So my caddy takes his clubs out, says, mine are wet. I'm going to take them to the room with me. I get mine out, check them. I'm like, I'm good. So I leave them in the car. So the next morning come out, his car is smashed, his back seat window, not the very back, but the the seat behind him, the driver's side, smashed out, took only my clubs, nothing else. Dang. I've always been I leave mine in the back of my truck, like around here. But when I go out of town, I got a bed cover, but you could easily pop it, you know. So I've always been paranoid to leave them in there at a hotel. So I always take them inside. But man, that sucks. That, it 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 does, you know, playing in the biggest tournament in your life and not having your clothes with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I refuse to have that as a as an excuse because it was such a cool experience. Um, and I got new clubs out of it, so I'm not sure how I'm gonna pay <laughs> for them, but. <laughs> we'll figure that out later when a good excuse comes. to buy new clubs yeah <laughs> just to buy anything yeah I thought Callaway was to Wednesday. give them to you 
What's that? I thought Callaway must have been giving you a sponsorship. We, deal we, we were trying as much as much free publicity as they got. I know. Should have given me something, right? Man, but the fact that they got them to me twenty four yeah. hours later, yeah, minus crazy. the driver, minus the three wood, everything else came on that Thursday. So, yeah, that Wednesday was whew, that was a long day. Because we were actually week? leaving, but we were leaving on Saturday. One of my good buddies lives in Green Bay, so we were going up to uh, stay with him, play his course, and then go into Century World on Sunday. So I'm leaving in two days. I'll have clubs. Did you go to like Edwin Watts or something and buy a driver? Uh, nope. Nope. No. I have a, a place in Louisville that I go to get fitted and um, went down there and, 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 and probably rushed through it. If I had to do it over again, I would have stayed longer and made sure I got the right driver because I found when I came back, I got it adjusted and I was playing with a driver that was three quarters of an inch too long for me. Oh, mm. gotcha. What a tee box did y'all play? Y'all play from the tips in that tournament? Play from 7,200. Now what, now what they did, uh, the USJ does a good job of like, for example, the tips on the flower hole, which is number 16, uh, <clears throat> are about 205. It's usually end of the win. So the first day we played it from about 170. That's a part three, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they tucked the pin way over on the right behind the bunker. Second day we played it back, all the way back. But the um, pin was kind of right in the front middle. Gave you a chance to go get it. But you couldn't hold it. You couldn't hold anything on the green. Man, as much rain we can get in everywhere they can, you can – I guess we've been kind of dry in first two, though. Everything been they had. Well, the, the the cool thing about it is, I went up two weeks before it rained all day, and finally got out there about four thirty five o'clock. I had a course to myself. It's a public course, and Century World had not had any public place in September. You're not seeing divots, wow. ball marks. It's like a brand new course, and I had it all to myself. It was so fun. Yeah. Um, but then when I came back in two weeks, the course had firmed up because it only rained one. It rained real hard on Sunday. Yeah, we didn't get we didn't get out there until that later that afternoon on Sunday. Got nine holes in. But by Tuesday, it was like playing on blacktop. Dang. And the greens wow. were firm and fast. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Was that a uh, Ben Grass greens or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, um, we. I had the morning afternoon wait, and Friday afternoon was probably as hard as the course could get because it was very obvious on Saturday that they had watered the course because it was getting real close to being out of control. Yeah, I mean you just you couldn't stop anything. Uh, the rough was what it was. Um, you know, I'm I'm hitting clubs off the tee on Friday that I'm thinking are going to be perfect and would roll 40, 50, 60 yards into a bunker. Mm. And it's just, it was crazy. Who, who it was, it was crazy. That tournament? What's that? Who ended up winning that tournament? Bernhard Longer. Yeah. Bernhard, oh. yeah, well, yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you a Bernhard story real quick. Uh, we're on Monday. We're on 17. We're playing the back nine. We're playing with Bob May. Couldn't have been nicer. Um, all of a sudden, we're on the green. I turn and look, 
and I see this guy coming, and it doesn't take long to figure out who it is. He's by himself, no clubs, no bag, no caddy, with his yardage book, stepping off yardages in the fairways, to the green, on the green. It was fascinating. Wow. Um, just very quiet guy, stayed to himself. And on Monday, he was doing that by himself. This may this may be a dumb question, but I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. So you don't get to use a rangefinder, right? That's so correct. How do you go about? I mean, so you're are you uh I mean, you know, like you can't afford to have a caddy go out there a month ahead of time and mark, but what's the like just not a big long story, what's the I guess rule of thumb to measure off your yardages? Okay, so what they do try to explain the uh, yardage book. One, there's yardages everywhere out there on sprinkler oh. heads. Oh, okay. okay. And they have two different colored dots, one kind of the front of the green and one towards kind of the middle of the green. Um, where when you're doing your measurements, that's what you look at. Okay. You got this far to this dot. And then you look at your, like I said, the, it's 150 to the dot, dots at the front of the green. The pin is 18 yards back. Boom. You do the math. It's 168. Okay. I got you. And then for slope, that's just something you kind of got to judge or. It, that's you just old school, man. You just got to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. That's I crazy. just couldn't get it. I only hit, I only hit. Only hit 10 fairways and nine greens on a week. Wow. Did you play with some big name guys those two days? Somebody me and Arthur. Uh, uh, the second day, absolutely. The second day played with. We were. Well, I was going to play with. Um, oh, what's his name? A guy named Anthony Rodriguez. A guy I didn't recognize, and um, I'll think of it in a second. <laughs> Ken Duke. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So we're eating. We're eating breakfast, mm -hmm. and notice that it's just now Anthony Rodriguez and me. I said, "Well, I don't want to play with him." I mean, no disrespect. I won't play with him. <laughs> so we then look, we then look up and see there's a spot with Jeff Sluman, John Houston, and Tim Heron. And so I go straight to the lady and say, hey, put me into this one, types me in, off we go. That was a practice round or? It's on Tuesday, yep. Yeah. Yep, I played the front nine with them. Um, Were they pretty cool? Cool as could be. Tim, wow. Tim Heron found out I was a teacher, so he called me teach all week. He probably has <laughs> no idea what my name is. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Sluman found out I was from Kentucky, so we talked to bourbon for a couple holes. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, I, I enjoyed him. His locker was right next to mine, but I really enjoyed him because I, you know, I don't want to be that guy to, you know, be starry-eyed or whatever, but yeah. – <clears throat> You know, I asked him, I said, man, I'm having trouble with this shot. I don't know how to hit it. Can I ask you how, how you do that? He goes, oh, yeah. So we throw a couple balls down. He's told me how to hit this shot out of this rough, and the rough's going into you, and the ball's kind of sitting up a little bit. Or if it goes down, I mean, it was it was just very simple, but he took time to do it. They were great. I enjoyed talking with John Houston, who is 62. He's been playing golf for 41 years. Wow. Sluman is 65 or 66. He's been playing for 44 years. So forget Tim Heron. Those two guys had 85 years of professional golf experience. Wow. Fascinating. 
Did it it's seem to, did it seem to you that the that it's a little bit more laid back compared to the PGA or does it still yes. they feel real competitive with it? Yes. No, not at all. It was they're still competitive, but uh, you know, those guys have their legacies. And so they're not out there trying to get into the Hall of Fame or something like that because yeah. most of them are anyway. Yeah. Uh, whereas you've got a guy like Peter Quest who makes the – what a great story that guy is. You know, makes the – at the uh, Detroit tournament, the Mark, uh, Rocket Mortgage ends up making um, the money qualifier, finishes fourth. Oh, yeah. In the last week. Finishes 24th, now right. or 17th, now has conditionary status yeah. on a PGA Tour. It's like yeah. that. Wow. So you don't have any – you obviously don't – you don't have – you know, you don't have any of that. Yeah. Um, but, the you know, I talk basketball with Dickie Pride. You just play basketball. Uh, talk to Kenny Perry. Obviously, uh, there's a guy that I play in an international team event that's best buddies with Kenny Perry. And, you know, he was – he's exactly what you'd expect him to be. Um, just super cool. Um, trying to think, like I said, Bob May would, you know, speak, you know, after we played and Sluman was, I mean, they were just, they're just really normal guys. They're just really, really good at golf. It's the best way I can describe it. That's crazy, man. So what was, what was, I would you say is, um, what was your expectations going into the week? Honestly, it got all flipped upside down when my clubs got stolen. Yeah. I would imagine. I was um, when I went and qualified on May thirty first. I played at the Cascades Course at the Home Omni Homestead in Hot Springs, Virginia, which is ranked the new Golf Week rankings. It's the thirty fifth best course in the country. You can uh, wow. the public can play. It's through the. It's right at the base of the mountains. It's beautiful, and I think I ended up hitting fifteen greens. Uh, took like 27, 20 putts. I've never hit it better. I've never hit it pure. I've never had a short game. I, everything, everything, all the hard work was starting to, to, to really catch up and really kind of come together. And I didn't play very well at Muirfield because I played it all the way back like an idiot. It's 7,600 yards. That's too Ooh, damn long man. in the wind and the rain and the wet rough. Hell no, I was stupid. That was just stupid. And it was two weeks after the, PGA tournament was there where the winner shot minus eight. Mm-hmm. It was so hard. Mm-hmm. I thought Century World was hard. This, it was so hard. Oh my God. But it was really fun. It's yeah. it's the best back nine I've ever played. I mean, it's just one, it's just a gut punch right after another. It's really cool. But anyway, I was really playing well. So before that, I had every intention of wanting to make the cut and be low amateur so I can get exempt in the next year so I don't have to qualify again because I really, really, really want to go to play Newport Country Club in Rhode Island. Super mm. exclusive. One of the best courses in the country. So that, to honestly answer your question, it just got flipped on its head. I was just kind of hanging by a thread. I'm, again, not making excuses, but it is what it is. Yeah. I would think that would be like super mental, though. You know what I mean? Like you – stand over the ball and you're like, man, this ain't even my club. It is your club <laughs> now, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, I don't know what I would feel like. I mean, I it, got it, no problems with my own clubs. I don't know what I'd do with a, walk out there with a brand new set. It was frustrating not knowing where it was going. Um, and that's a course that you really just can't miss fairways. And I missed a bunch of them. 
And so you you just you can't play aggressive and you can't you're just hacking it out of the rough that Ernie L's called the, the toughest he's ever played. So, you know, if that's Ernie's toughest rough he's ever played, guess what, Tony's number yeah. one. <laughs> right. Right. Same right. thing. Right, right. right. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same thing. So yeah, that dude didn't play uh, all over the world. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's won two US Opens too, so and a British Open. So uh, you know, it it, it I didn't have any at that point. I didn't know what I didn't know what to expect from anything. So that was frustrating. But again, it was such a cool experience that overrode everything. I had six of my buddies that I went to high school with, drove up. I had a couple of families from our members at our club at Frankfurt Country Club in Frankfurt, Kentucky, that drove up. My wife, my daughters, my brother, his best one of his best buddies were all there. And I mean that. You know, that overrides any kind of bad driving or having some confidence issues on the on the tee. That was that was the whole experience was just really cool. <laughs> so you you already were a super athlete though, right? Uh, I I don't know about the word super. I don't know. I just saw that you was uh looked like you were, you played football, played basketball, played soccer. You've done some background work on me. That makes me a little nervous. <laughs> well, well, I just I wanted to I wanted to know a little something about you before we get you. You know, it, you know, it's different back back then. What you know, we grew up. All right, what month is it? It's it's June. Nine. Well, let's play baseball. Oh, yeah. It's the fall. Well, oh, let's okay, play yeah, soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, we didn't special we didn't specialize. And uh, yeah, I ended up playing. I think five sports in high school and three in college. Wow. Just because I like I like to play. Now, do I think that probably what happens if I would have focused on one or two sports instead of just playing year round? You never know. Right. But I just enjoyed playing so much. I didn't want to specialize. I didn't want to lift weights. I want to do that. Let's just go play. Play, yeah. Now, <laughs> so um, I would say my biggest <clears throat> attributes were I'm not going to jump you. I'm not going to outrun you. Um, I'm a thinker. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a thinker. I I can anticipate things. I don't know. It's just a God-given ability. Don't ask me to explain that. And uh, I have an, enough confidence for about ten people because I had to because I'm six foot nothing and I weigh nothing. Um, well, I did back then. You know, it's, the metabolism slows down when you turn Absolutely. about thirty-five or forty. Now, when you're fifty-three, it really slows down. <laughs> and I take uh I take great pride in being I want to be the most mentally tough person on the course, on the court, whatever the case may be. I'm just not gonna let I'm not gonna let you beat me mentally. You may beat me physically, but I'm not gonna let you beat me mentally. And I may have talk trash here or there. That's that's you know that's allegedly I don't I cannot confirm or deny that <laughs> growing up so uh, playing mind games you know that was kind of the fun of it that's just a challenge right so yeah I played a bunch of sports uh, again just I just enjoyed playing and competing and I still do I, I'm, I'm your your mental toughness got tested. When your clothes getting stolen, so I know True. you got to be you tough. I know, like I'm like Jeff. I'd have been like, man, you know what? 
maybe I shouldn't do this. You know, <laughs> I can promise you that. Now I thought never came into my mind. I, well, you know, I, I'm just I, talking because I wouldn't have passed up. I wouldn't pass up the opportunity now to go play any course. It doesn't matter. You know, if it's a course that anybody knows, you know, as long as it ain't a goat track, you know, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. But yeah. Let's, well, let's, you know, one of the things that, you know, we, we like, hey, I talked after Thursday's round. I hit five fairways. I hit three greens. Played the back first. So on hole seven, which would have been our 16th hole today, and a really good nine wood in there, long par three, like 12 feet, hit a what I thought was a perfect putt and just kind of did a 180 on me. Um, I mean, if that goes in, I'm back to five over. I was six over at the time, I think. That puts me at five over. Made par on eight, finally hit a fairway again on nine, which is really, really, really difficult. That green is very small and very slopey. It's 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 a par five for the public. That 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 green is built to catch wedges and and nine irons, not seven eight irons. Right. <clears throat> so I was in between eight and a nine. I took the I took the bigger club, blew it in the wrong bunker, chunked it out, three putted, and finished with a six to shoot. 79 and we were thrilled that we shot 79 but i'm thinking okay if that puck goes in on seven and we could somehow slap around a par on nine well now i played five over and hit three greens so yeah you know the the cut's still in play yeah you know that missing that putt and then making double on our last hole of the day was was really kind of just kind of a kick in the gut yeah yeah, I didn't. I saw your total score. You shot a seventy-nine the first day, but I, I didn't realize you double the last hole and you, yeah. So you really didn't play. I wouldn't say terrible at all. You know, if you would have seen where I hit it off the tee box, you would have said I would have shot ninety-five. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, three we, greens, we, three greens the whole day. Got up and down from a little bit of everywhere, and and made. Gosh, I probably made three or four par putts, eight to ten feet. It was just that kind of day. You just yeah. kind of grinded it out, and it was uh, it was exhausting. It was really exhausting. Yeah. I could tell you, Jeff. You was about to say something. Yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna ask ask him about some golf theory here that me and Arthur. Okay. Are- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Me and Arthur, me and this, he asked about. this to every good golfer that we have on. It's, that's kind of like my niche of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has to get asked this question. So I'll just put it out there. I never look at the score. Because if I do, I'm going to choke. Don't matter. I don't care. If I'm up 10 strokes, and I don't matter. If I'm up, I'm probably going to choke. Arthur says, dude, you got to start looking at the score, man. You got to know where you're at, yada, yada, yada. So we played together this weekend. I never looked at the score. I thought I was playing pretty good, though. I bogey 17, I bogey 18, I get second place. I lose by one stroke. But I thought back on it, like, in 18 had water down the left side. I was like, man, if I would have known – that I had a chance to win this, dude, I would have pulled it right into the water. 
But Arthur's theory is I should have looked at the score. Like I could mysteriously make a birdie on this hole if I looked at the score. I just like to know your thoughts on this. <laughs> I am always one who, no matter what the sport was, I want to know the situation at all costs. Now, when I played in our qualifier, I said, you know what? I'm because I, I was really playing well. And I actually went up on Monday. It was on Wednesday, the 31st. I went up on Memorial Day. And it was raining. And so nobody was really there. So I had a whole course to myself. I probably spent four and a half, five hours out there just trying to figure out, okay, if I miss it here, uh, you know, if the pin's here. I mean, I spent hours out there on all on, on all 18 holes, okay? And the reason – the point I'm making is I was playing so well and felt so comfortable that I told myself, I will not look at the scoreboard until I feel like I have to. So I come out, hit a terrible drive on one, hit a great pitching wedge around a tree, goes up 15 feet, make the putt. I make birdie on the next hole. So now I'm off to a good start, uh, almost birdie three, real good up and down in four. And so then I just kind of start, okay, let's put some pars together. Let's get some options to uh, to ourselves for – um, you know, give our chef birdie chances. Fire to middle of the green. Let's let's make pars because you know it's funny how amateur golf think they need to make birdie. Well, there's a reason there's a par there. <laughs> Pars are good. And so I knew how hard the course was playing. I knew how fast the greens and where the pins were. So I'm just kind of putting you know pars together. Um. I'm really not working. I don't want to say if that sounds arrogant. I don't mean that that way. But I really wasn't having to – the as hard as I had to work to shoot 79 at the open was just the opposite here. I mean, I had tap-ins. I had good looks at birdie. I would miss in the wrong spot. Um, hole nine is a very difficult hole at Cascades. I spun it off the green, hit and spun, chipped it up to two feet, made the putt. So I'm not really having to grind out six, seven, eight par footers for par. So I get to hole 12. <laughs> and in the practice round, I hit a six iron in the green. It's a short par five. And at the Cascades, <clears throat> 10 kind of a quirky hole, but it's short. Downhill par three, short par five, and then 13 and 14, 15. You just got to hang on. It's like 440 around water, little creek. Uh, 440 back up a hill, 215 par three. So you just kind of have to hopefully pick up one, 10, 11, 12, and then hang on for the next three. Then on 16 and 17, they're back to back par fives that are both reachable. And then you have about 185 yard par three to finish. So it's kind of, you know, I broke down the course. Okay, these next four holes, I'd, oh, let's try to do this. So I get the hole 12, and I'm still sitting at two under. And I come out of my drive and hit the worst drive I've hit in three years. It's going easily 60 yards right of the fairway up on hills where there's goats and rams and buffalo and all kinds of crap up there. Well, somehow it ricochets back all the way back down in the rough. I'm like, okay, let's take advantage of this. Let's see if we can make par. At that point, I was like, man, I don't even care about making birdies. Let me just make par and right. get out of this hole. Right. Um, so I make par. I go to the next hole. This hole I spent 
10 minutes on the tee box. I think I hit six or seven tee shots and didn't get one in the fairway. So what happens? I hit it straight in the trees. And at this point, I said, okay, I think I need to look and see where I am because I think I'm in the trees. Do I need to punch out? Do I need to be aggressive and go for the green? I need to know where I stood at this point going into 13, 14, 15, now that I've hit a bad drive on 13. Is all that making sense? Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. So I'm looking. As I'm going, walking to my ball, I look at the uh, thing online, and I see that I'm ahead by one. But I scroll down, and I see that there's a there's two minus ones, there's some evens, there's some plus ones, there's some plus twos, but they're all finished. Mm. So I scroll down, and I see the, the, the first score that I see active closest to me is plus three. Wow. I said, okay, he's he's about where I am, so I'm, I got a five-shot shot lead on him. I scroll back down, and there's probably – there were 78 guys. There were 78, 79. <clears throat> there, were, there were either 10 or 11 threesomes that haven't recorded any scores. Okay? But I also recognize probably four or five names on my phone that I'm looking at. I'm like, you know, because most of the good players went off early. <clears throat> That I knew of. That, um, I don't mean that to be disrespectful. I just yeah, I didn't yeah. recognize any of their names. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But I knew there were some really, really good players that went off uh, before me. And they're done. <clears throat> so I said, okay. Walk up to the ball. I had a little bit of a uh, – wasn't quite in the trees. Kind of kicked it back a little bit. I was able to get it on the green, two putt. Okay, that's one down. I go to hole 14. Uh, hit it in an absolute wrong spot on the green. Probably hit the best lag putt I've hit all summer long to about a foot. Tap that in. Wow. I said, okay, I got one more to go before the par fives. And then I'm going to have some decisions to make. So I get up there on 15. <clears throat> it's right in between. It's right through trees. You got to hit, you got to hit it pretty much straight. Pins on the left. I kind of push it right. There's the green, though, there's a fringe, and then there's the first cut. But the first cut is pretty tight, and it's sitting up so I could putt it. I didn't have to chip it. So, And it's funny because the pin was kind of there on Monday, and I bet I hit 20 chips from about the same spot. Wow. Because that's where, you know, this is the miss. You can't short-side yourself. You ain't getting up and down from over left. There's no way. So I decided to putt it. Well, with about three feet to go, I'm like, oh, my God, that's got to slow down. Thank you for listening to the Burn the Edge podcast. We hope that you enjoyed our conversation that we had with Tony Wise as he was on his journey qualifying for the U.S. Senior Open. This is part one of part of two. Uh, we have part two coming up next week. Uh, please like, follow. Thank you again for listening.